Hey, what's up, everybody? You are tuned in for another episode of Fatherhood is Dope, the podcast. I'm your guy, Aaron McGee. And listen, um, we are like knee deep in season one. So I'm beyond excited that you continue to show up to rock with us. You know, the platform is all about celebrating men who have answered the call to fatherhood. And I have the distinct pleasure of bringing to you a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Mr. Marcus Whitney. What's up, Marcus? My guy, what's good? Man, all is well. I'm so glad that you actually decided to sit down and have this conversation with me. Um, I'll take this like moment to kind of set the scene as to how you and I really even encounter. And the shortest version is basically everywhere I went around the city of Nashville, people kept telling me, you need to connect with Marcus, you need to connect with Marcus. And generally when people say that, those are the type of people that you really like maybe you should connect with but if everybody's telling you, you should connect with that person they generally don't have the bandwidth to like connect because everybody's trying to connect but to my surprise i uh i actually reached out to, to you marcus and uh marcus responded and man and really just took it to the next level because for the next pretty much you really said a year but we tipped over to like a year and a half yeah. man um i had a standing meeting on your calendar where you know, you set an hour aside faithfully and intentionally to uh, pour into me as a young executive. I was just starting a new role as an executive director. And uh, Marcus, like, just laid out the red carpet for me. And I'm, like, forever indebted to that, to you for that. Man, my pleasure. Yeah, I will say also, um, man, you, you during that time, you kind of delivered, like, you know, let's just say you delivered some information that was forcing me to grow up real fast. And I said, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, Marcus, I'm not where you are yet. Give me some time, man. <laughs> All right, but we're here today, man, to, uh, we're going to talk about a, a, a lot of things. There's several things that I want to cover with you, but at the end of the day, we're on this platform because you have been in the fatherhood game for roughly almost 20 years. Almost man. 20 years, yeah. Almost 20 years. Yeah, it'll be, so it'll be 20 years in uh, like three weeks. Three weeks? So, yeah. Okay, so somebody has a birthday coming up. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so give me the dynamics of, of your children, man. Yeah, so um, so I've got two boys. Um, they're almost two years apart uh, to the day, just a week in between their birthdays, uh, both uh, born in April. Um, the oldest uh, is a newly minted United States Marine. Yeah. Um, and the youngest is a senior in high school, uh, goes to John Overton. And, um, you know, they're both they're both great, great people. Sweet deal, man. Um, you, you know, well, you talked about your son is a newly minted Marine. And so we're going to get to that because I'm, I'm interested in, you know, you sharing your perspective on what that was like mm -hmm. um, for you all to witness that process with him. Uh, let's just take a step back, man. I mean, what is it like having two teenage boys, you know, sons? Because uh, I remember what I was like as both a senior in high school and your oldest son is 19. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, what is it like for you? Because I, I consider you, you know, uh, a, you're still a young parent in so many yeah. aspects in terms of your age and just what your trajectory is and so many levels. So how do you balance that with everything that you have going on raising two teenagers? Yeah. So when, when my children came into my life, um, I was, uh, you know, as you might expect in a very different phase of my life, mm -hmm. I was, you know, um, 
I think I could say with uh, some perspective now, you know, I was I was very self-indulgent, you know what I mean? And and I think it was pretty age appropriate, you yeah. know what I mean? I didn't have any responsibilities. Um, and so I was I was just out there exploring the world, um, you know, and making a lot of mistakes quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And then once they came into my life, uh, it was, you know, very it's just, you know, obvious. I now have to grow up, right? Um, and I have to grow up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I have to change my perspective to not being self-centered, but being, um, you know, but living for them, at least for a window of time. I'm yeah. going to have to live for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what forced me uh, to start making some real decisions around how I was going to be uh, successful as a professional. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think I thought about that prior to them coming into my life, but not not with the same seriousness, you know, when they actually got as when they got here. Right. Exactly. Because uh, it didn't take long for me to understand they cost money. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So. So, yeah. So money became a real thing for me. And um, yeah, they they are largely responsible for who I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, Just because of that, um, you know, speeding up that that maturation process. All right, so let's just for just for some context um, or context, I should say, let's just take one more step back and um, kind of, if if you're willing to, kind of share like the dynamics of like your contributions, my my word choice to mm-hmm. like your your career here in the Nashville landscape. Mm-hmm. Because I consider you as a high capacity leader, mm-hmm. um, who somehow I don't know how you still making time for me with all that you have going on. There's um, a lot of time. Okay. Yeah. But, but you know, but you manage it responsibly. So, uh, just, can you, uh, share just a little bit about like your career and what it is that you do? Yeah. So, um, so my, my background is, uh, when my children were coming around, I did not have a real career path. I had, I had previously dropped out, uh, of architecture school at the university of Virginia. Um, and I didn't finish college. And so I was waiting tables, um, and doing hip hop music. That was what I was doing when they came into the world. And so, um, that is not a real clear path to money. Either one of those things. Paul, it's like, so were you rapping? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. You still have any of those skill sets? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. You still of course. Sp- okay. Of course. Okay, so we may get something at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, whatever. <laughs> hey, I um, love to hear you. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, so, so, uh, so, you know, but that wasn't, I knew it wasn't viable, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, uh, it, it, Thinking, just trying to think as quickly as I possibly could, what can I do without the credential of a college degree that can, you know, be, you know, effectively a quantum leap and put me in a position where I can very quickly start to pre- to prepare them for a great life. Yeah. And um, and what I chose was was uh, computer science, um, you know, getting into programming, web programming specifically. Uh, and teaching myself, so yeah. going to Borders, buying books, and then when I wasn't, uh, you know, working uh, at the restaurants, um, you know, at home teaching myself how to how to code, running through the examples in the books, um, I eventually started venturing out into uh, into the 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 world of of programmers here in Nashville. There's a um, there's a thing in the programming world called user groups, mm-hmm. and it's basically uh, like it's like an affinity group. It's like you know a group of people who like a particular software package or like a particular um, programming language, and they get together and literally like 
they have pizza and beer and they show off yeah. like things that they like playing with. And so that, and they're free, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just for like the spirit of, of camaraderie and yeah. teaching and learning. And so those were free environments for me to go and both network and learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, I start, once I found out those existed, I started going to those religiously and the combination of just, you know, diligently teaching myself and then going to those, um, to those user groups outside of my work time uh, landed me my first programming job the day after my uh, my second son was born wow. uh, in 2001. Um, I, I started as a junior content programmer for HealthStream uh, here in town, and so from there, you know, I, I basically spent seven years at, actively as a programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, my last job where I was actually writing code uh, was with Emma, it's an email marketing yep, company yep. here in town. So I, I was their fifth employee and and. Uh, Chief architect of, of their software during I think the most formative years of, of that company, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then left from there and in, in 2007 and basically started my entrepreneurial journey in in earnest in 2007 when I left uh, Emma. Well, just real quick, so how does how does coding even come on your radar? Because what, we're talking at this point maybe 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't it wasn't mainstream like no. it is now, you know, with girls who code, guys who code, right. women who code, right. all of the uh, affinity groups that are started now. So right, there were no social networks. Yeah, exactly. Right. So how does coding? Are you just looking in the, in the yellow pages? What? Yeah, it was a very different thing, right? So, um, so I my, the the background for me was, you know, this this is this is where you know um, family and 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 how you were raised sort of helps, right? So. Uh, a couple things. One, when I was in uh, grade school, we're talking like first, second, third grade, um, I was in a gifted program and all the parents in that program made sure that all the kids had access to a computer. And back then we're talking about um, Texas Instrument 99, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, which is a little bit better than a calculator. Yeah. Um, but it was a computer, you know what I'm saying? You could program, you could play like Space Invaders on it. So when I was young, I had access to that. And then my uncle was a programmer. Mm-hmm. He was a programmer at IBM in upstate New York. And so um, through him, I got a, an IBM PC Junior and and learned how to program Basic. So when I was very 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 young, yeah. um, I had access yep. to computers yep. and I programmed on those computers. And so you know, it's like anything that happens when you're young; those th- you can recall those things later mm-hmm. on in life. And and I was just fortunate enough to have had that opportunity. That was that's you know credit to my family, credit yeah. to my mother and my uncle. Sweet deal. Uh, well, man, I, I can't hear that without like immediately coming back. So you were raised in New York. Yeah, raised in Brooklyn, New York. Raised in Brooklyn, New York. So you said a credit to your mother and your uncle. Uh, so what's your uncle like? The father figure in your life? No, my no, I, no, I have a father. Okay, your dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I no, I have a dad. Okay, um, but so was that, was that more so because your uncle was like into? He, he was the programmer. Space. He was the okay. programmer. Yeah, my my dad, my dad, my dad gave me. Um, I would say he, my dad is is the person who set the example for me in terms of uh, work ethic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, um, I can never having watched how hard he worked. So he 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 was a correction officer at Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. Okay, and like I don't know if you know like yeah, like I, what that means, but that's that's a hard hard job. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So he did that. He retired from that job, and then he went and worked in the post office. Like he. All he did was hard jobs. Mm-hmm. He was, you know what I'm saying? He left home 17, 18 years old in Newburn, North Carolina and entered the army. And he was born in the late 30s, man. So, you know what I'm saying? You just think about America and where it was for 
a black man entering the military at that time. And, you know, in one way, it was incredible because he got to go see the world. You know what I'm saying? He entered the army, um, you know, around the time when the Korean War was happening. So he was, he was stationed in Germany and, you know, he got to get a worldview. When he came back, couldn't go back to the South. So he went to New York wow. um, and, you know, worked civil servant jobs his whole life, man. You know, and, and when he wasn't doing that stuff, he, w- he would be working construction. So yeah. he was a two job working kind of guy, too. He worked night shifts. He slept during the days, but still was able to wake up on the weekends and, and you know, coach me in soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? When I was five, six, seven years old. So he was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But but he worked nights and yeah. he worked hard and yeah. he worked long hours. Yeah. And so I never felt like, where's that? You know, I knew where dad was, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He was working, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so I always had that, that, that experience and that example of him as a, you know, as someone who worked and I was never homeless a day in my life. Mm-hmm. I, n- I never missed a meal a day in my mm-hmm. life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like those things, those were not my reality. And yeah. we, we weren't rich. Yeah. We weren't rich, you know, but my parents worked hard. You know what I'm saying? They worked really, 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 really hard. So, so I mean, you said a lot uh, just in that in that piece, and you know, thank you for taking that moment to like even honor your dad and acknowledge uh, his contributions. But you know, I I would be I would be remiss if I if I didn't acknowledge like the little nuance even in that exchange. So, do you find that uh, his? Let me just ask. The yeah, question. ask the question. Do you find that as a black man, you like? have to like make it known that hey I had a dad growing up because of... I, I mean so no I well yeah. let me let me let me set it up let yeah. me set it up because even amongst my peers yeah like people who I went to high school with yep. you know um my mom was more involved in some of the after school activities that I did because yep. of my dad's work schedule and I made it all the way through high school and folks are like you you have a dad <laughs> and I'm like yeah I've grown up with my dad all of my life yeah. in my house in my house. Yeah. You know, so, and because I, I know that a lot of the things that make it to mainstream, and, and I work even in a, a environment where, you know, we're serving at-risk youth, and uh, a majority of them don't have their fathers in uh, intact in their life. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I just wonder, like, sometimes, is it because of my, my outward appearance that, you know, it's, there's a thought that, hey, maybe Aaron didn't grow up with the father? Yeah. Um, you know, man, I, uh, I, I totally understand that. I, I was raised in, I'm learning more as I get older. I was raised in a very particular way mm-hmm. that, um, I don't want to say sheltered me from those types of things because I wasn't sheltered from them. I, I was completely aware of those types of stereotypes and it's not that they never like came into my life. Mm-hmm. But I just had a real, I, w- I was I was given by my parents a really strong internal sense of who I was yep. and what my reality was yep. in such a way that I didn't have to, um, I, I didn't feel like I had to compensate or like over communicate things mm-hmm. like that, yep. if, if that makes sense. It makes I, sense I, I, to I just, me. I, yeah, I just, I just, I just never had that had that feeling that I needed to, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, they gave me, they instilled in me what my rules of life are in terms of ethics yeah. and in terms of manners yeah. and in terms of, you know, a, a lot of things, man, you know what I'm saying? So it's and, like the sense of uh, self-assurance. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I, I, I have a, I have a very particular sense of clarity on 
on what my values are and how I and how I live my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my, my parents that's evident in what I know about you. Too. My, my parents moved down to to Nashville 11 years ago, and you know, it's been great to have them around me and for them to be able to, you know, experience you know both their grandchildren growing up and also seeing you know this last 10 year window for me which you know I hope they can feel proud of because mm-hmm. this you know uh my 20s were pretty hard you yeah. know what I'm saying and and I feel like uh you know my mid 30s into my 40s have been uh not not that they've been easy mm-hmm. but um there have been successes and you know they're largely due to sort of how they raised me so yeah yeah um you know what's interesting about that is that I always wonder how much um, a a father can impact us in different seasons of our lives. And so your dad is still around. Still around. Still. Okay. And so you just say you eased into your early 40s. Yeah. You have two teenage sons. Yes. One who is the United States Marine. Yes. And so like, do you still see the impact or influence of your dad? And if so, like, how does that transfer down to your, your sons? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think, um, you know, well, well, first of all, my dad was in my son's lives Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that, that is, it's tremendous. Like we, we were able to raise them in a three generation manner, which is like super, super cool. And, and, uh, something, something I got to experience, but not really with the, with the males, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? My, my, uh, both of my grandmothers were alive. Uh, my dad's mother lived in North Carolina, so I didn't have as much access to her, but still revered her, and 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 she was influential in my life. My mother's mother effectively raised me because yeah. my mom was 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 also a, a heavy duty worker. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She worked in Manhattan, and you know I went to school in Brooklyn. Anyone who knows, like that's not close. Mm-hmm. And so when you get out of school at three o'clock who's going to take care of you. Yeah. And for many, many years, really up until she passed away, it was my grandmother. Wow. Um, and so, uh, you know, I had that three generational, uh, you know, rearing as well mm-hmm. and was really, really important for me. And so I would say in that way, it's been great, you know what I'm saying? Just for them to, to, to see, um, you know, for them to see and get to know their, their grandfather. I think, I think that's important. Um, you know, I think there are things that I have gone through that have been very, very difficult. I went through a divorce. It was really great to have my father there for that. He had been through previous, you know, relationships. My mother is not his first wife. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, just to kind of have him there to offer me some perspective and around that was, was really special. Um, yeah, man, it's been, it's, you know, and, and now, uh, you know, they're in their, they're in their eighties and, um, you know, they still can do for themselves, but we are definitely shifting into their second childhood and we're definitely, and I am definitely the responsible child. And, um, you know, I am very, very active in what's going on with their healthcare. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and things of that nature. And so, uh, just that opportunity for me to, to participate in their life at this stage of their life in this way, you know, helping them to manage their estate and things of that nature mm-hmm. is, um, you know, is also really a blessing and an honor. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm enriched by, I'm in the moment right now. So I'm enriched by what I just heard you say, um, particularly even around the second childhood of your parents and you've been able to honor them in such a way, uh, in this phase in their lives. And then to just understand the impact that they've had on you. But you make note that both your mom and your dad, they were heavy workers. And then what I know about you, like it's, 
I don't know your day to day, but what I know you have your hand on, it's impossible for you to have your hand on those type of things without having a pretty robust work schedule. Yeah. And so I want to kind of transition into that whole work life balance mm -hmm. because I read in, in your newsletter, you uh, even as it relates to your, your, your children, you talked about, you know, you worked almost 70 percent of weekends mm -hmm. over the past 19 years. Mm hmm. And so how do you strike that balance where, yes, you talked about money being important because it's a resource to provide, to take care. But how are you striking the balance to say, this is how I'm still remaining active so that I'm not, I don't just have this transactional relationship with my kids. Yeah. So, um, so there's, I think there's a couple of things to that. So, so one, uh, I'm. I, here is one thing that I so you know we talked about sort of the uh, the the issue with having feeling like you need to communicate to people that you have a dad right and mm -hmm. I said I said you know I'm not really subject to a lot of those things Th there is one thing that I am subject to around that uh, in terms of being a black person I mm -hmm. won't even say just being a black man I'll just say yep. being a black person right yep. um, and that is that I do have to outwork yep. people who are not black yep. that that is that is my you know, that's in there. Mm -hmm. That's in there for sure. And so um, I think I established an example for my boys uh, that, you know, isn't resonating with them right this moment. But yeah. once they really get into the world and they understand the competition is real. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're going to be like, damn, that's why dad was working like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so so I think I think that's one very real thing, you know, for me, um, you know. I, but I was, I was really pretty engaged with the kids. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was here. I didn't miss a lot of things. There was a, there was a four year window where I was part of a company that was, um, opening offices in Boston and San Francisco. And that was difficult because I was, I spent about half my time away, yeah. you know, on planes. And yeah. that was the most difficult period in terms of me being a father, just very, very difficult to, to be away as much as I was. Um, but we're, but we're talking about four years over the span of, you know, 20, 20, 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 and, and, and for the vast majority of, of that time, you know, I was around, I would go to all the, you know, you know all the important events, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Cub Scouts, uh, you know, over the last uh, four years, my youngest son and I have been doing martial arts together, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Three times a week, we got our black belts together. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I took, took both my, my boys on their college tours. Um, and, and, and like, not like with the females in their life, like I did it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that's, that's no knock on anyone else in yeah. their life. But like, you know, I did a lot of things just me, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? With the boys, um, really just because I just had my own feelings on, on standards and, and what they deserved. And, and I put those things together, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, and again, that's like, I'm not like, they, like there's a bunch of stuff that the women in their life do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Their mother, their stepmother, this their is grandmother. Dope. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a bunch <laughs> of stuff that those people do in their lives that I don't do that. I yeah. don't even think about doing, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Of course. But, um, but man, I'm really like, I'm, I'm a force in their life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, dad has his imprint. I'm a in force. Their life and they I'm know. a force. I'm a yeah. force, man. You know what I mean? But, 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 but just, just on the back of that, you know, the, the thing you, you know, you're saying like the work thing, dog, I like to work, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like to work. And the reason why I like to work is cause I like to win. Yeah. The reason I like to win is cause like, you know, I don't want to say I was born this way, but mm -hmm. I do think it was instilled in me from, from, 
my family and how I was raised, man, that like I'm supposed to be a winner. I'm supposed yeah. to be a champion. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. but 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 I'm not gonna get that. Like like I have to earn that. Yeah. But it's it's absolutely within my destiny and my potential mm-hmm. to to be that. And mm-hmm. so and so working just feels like me being uh, an authentic expression of who I am. Yeah. I like to work. I was, honestly, man, you know what I'm saying? It's like even we were talking about the setup here and the mm-hmm. shooting and you mm-hmm. were like, I know if it's Marcus, he's going to be doing the research. Absolutely. Yeah, because I like to win. Yeah. You know what I'm I, saying? And <laughs> I know that about you. I like to win. I know that about you. Uh, man, you know, I've been following you. Uh, I keep up with you on social media and uh, I didn't realize it's been like four years now, but you talked about, um, you know, you and your son doing martial arts together and mm-hmm. you getting your, your black belt. So talk a little bit about that experience, because according to Instagram, man, you know, I was joking earlier that you've been turning up. I don't think you flip over folks, jump and kick and break wood and. Like all type of dynamics of that, I'm like, man, maybe I should try this out. Yeah. It's, so what's that been like for you? It's been incredible, man. I mean, um, you know, the 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 best thing that's come out of it is just, uh, you know, the the committed time that my son and I put in together, and the idea that we both started as white belts together. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so that's got to be powerful. Yeah. I mean, for you know, you know, your entire life as you're raising kids, you're always one up on them with the experience thing you know what i'm saying and that can kind of create a weird dynamic especially in the teenage years so this was a really nice Mm -hmm. level playing field where we got to be more peers and friends um and and sort of begin to transition into what our long-term relationship is going to be more like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so that that was really cool um you know and and look you know we 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 did it for for him because uh you know, we we believed it was going to be important for him. We we thought, you know, he needed uh, uh, a system that would, you know, develop uh, <clears throat> self confidence, discipline, you know, um, motor control. You know what I'm saying? Because because he, he wasn't playing any any team sports at yeah. the time, and so you know, it was like this is something he should do. But um, you know, I didn't feel comfortable or confident about just like paying for him to do it and then like yeah. dropping him off. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I was like, mm, I kind of need to like if I'm gonna because it was a mandate. I really didn't. I didn't make it an option for him. I said you are going to do this. I signed him up. I signed yeah. me up, and yeah. I was like, here's your uniform. This. We're going to do this. Wow. And um, you know, with you know, I he he was cool with it. But I think within you know. The first sixty days, like he really started to like it, yeah. and um, and you know, turns out he's naturally good at it. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which has been great. So um, there's a bunch of stuff he can do that I cannot do as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Um, you know, in your newsletter, I, I gave a few things. I mean, because you talked about what's your oldest son's name? Uh, Tristan. You talked about Tristan with like such great pride, and so you have martial arts with your youngest son, mm-hmm. Kiaran. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kiarn. Kiarn. Yep. You have martial arts with him. And then, you know, Tristan has just become a United States Marine. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, what perspective at this point do... Because now you got you got an experience that you've had with your son, and now you have a son who has an experience that you don't necessarily have. Yes, that's right. And so how do those dynamics change now as they really transition into manhood? Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh it's it's changing the dynamics of our entire family. It's definitely changing my life. Um, you know, uh I, I am very close to being an empty nester. Yeah. Um and my oldest son uh becoming a marine really 
punctuated that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, um, because that is a, you know, look, that that's that's a very real leaving the nest decision. You know what I'm saying? Um, he is going to be a man. He is off the payroll. He is, uh, you know, I'm not going to see that much of him for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe more depending on whether or not he decides to extend his career, um, you know, in the, in the armed forces. Um, and, and that's that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. he made that decision, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and it's an honorable decision. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a big, it was a very, very big change. It was, uh, actually experiencing the graduation at Paris Island was more transformational than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because he was more transformed than I could have imagined he was going to be in mm-hmm. a 13 week window. And people tell you this, but like it, you can't imagine it until you see it. Like when you see it, and then you're like, "It's him." And you didn't but get that's to speak not to him, him anymore. That you know what I'm saying, huh? And you didn't get to speak to him. Doing no, that you don't really. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, the way that it works is uh, basically, it's a 13 week process, and for the first 11 weeks, absolutely not. You do not get to speak to them at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it's writing letters back and forth, but they're very disconnected with the outside world. Um, and at the end of the, of 11 weeks, they, they go through, you know, it could be the 12th week. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but, uh, they go through, um, a multi-day, uh, uh, of passage called the crucible. Mm -hmm. And, and when they, when they complete the crucible successfully, and Mm -hmm. it's all about them doing it as a team, when they complete the crucible successfully, then they, they pass over from being a recruit to a Marine. Prior to that, they're not a Marine. They're Mm. a recruit. Um, and so, you know, after the crucible, then they, and they become a Marine, um, then they start to get more Liberty, right? Yeah. They, in Liberty means they can call you, yeah. they, they can rent a phone, you know, and like call you and things like that. But prior to that, nah, man, they're in boot and they just are owned by the drill instructors. You man, know I mean? every time you say a crucible, I, I cringed a little bit because only because I know what a crucible is and what. And what its purpose it, 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 is? It, it is what it sounds like. Yeah, make and, no mistake, man. It's supposed to, you know, it's a it's a tool used to literally like purify gold, and it's one of the hottest places on earth, you know, that you could go into. Look, a lot of and, pressure, and and that's you know you you know you said he has done something that I haven't done, and um you know that the, the list of things I've done that he hasn't done is long. Yeah, but he has started the process of doing things that I haven't done. He started that process. He started his own list. Yeah, he started his own list. That's you know an what extension I mean? And of, um. And that is, uh, that's a thing, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a thing. Yeah. Are you proud? Nah, dude, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I think deep down you're always proud, but the teenage years, let's just keep it real. Uh, you know, you're not there yet, but the yeah. teenage, teenage years are rough, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trust um, me, I know. Yeah, they're they're rough, man. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, some 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 parents get away with with some luck mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned, but there's just a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, you know, hormones yep. and and uh, social interactions yep. and insecurity and um, it's a lot. It's a lot happening to a to a young person during their teenage years, and mm-hmm. so it's difficult. And, and and I think it's equally difficult for the parents because um, it, it it is uh, demonstrably different from everything that leads up to the teenage years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, in, in all the, the ways you might imagine, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, 
you know, the likelihood that they're going to potentially, you know, experiment with controlled substances mm-hmm. or sex mm-hmm. or, I mean, I, I, you know, let's just go right to the yeah. edge, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Or, or get into some real trouble. That stuff really, for the most part, doesn't kick in until teenage years. Yeah. Um, and then it does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you're like dealing with all that stuff. And, you know, we don't do, we, you know, we don't have um, great rites of passage anymore, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? To sort of create some structure around that. Yeah. We don't really have that anymore. Um, we don't have great grooming for parents mm-hmm. when that when that comes. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, I think it's, uh, it can be hard. Yeah. It can be hard. Yeah. You, you touched on a lot uh, in that, man. I mean, that's something that, I've thought about as a as a young father as well. You know, I have a daughter right now, but even for even for daughters and just as well for sons, even that whole rites of passage. Yeah. Because, you know, more often than not, you know, if we don't create those type of environments, then, you know, thank thankfully for you that your son has such an honorable rites of passage as the United States Marine. But, right. You know, there are other uh, there are other ways that are not so healthy right. for us to have rites of passages and it becomes our identity. And the short version of it is that we just become an unproductive citizen and, you know, we take more than we contribute. And that's so, right. yeah, that's, that's pretty honorable. So, I mean, I'm excited for you yeah, too. Yeah. Just, just, just on that note, um, you know, not in the, not in the same significant way. Um, but I, I was, I was equally proud of my youngest son when he, accomplished his black belt of course and um and and i i would i would put that as as a rite of passage for him right because um you know now when he walks into um you know the martial arts school yeah he's a leader yes you know he has to show other people through his example you know the proper way to do things and 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 how to properly you know greet the master and and you know he may be called up front to do stretches or to do you know calisthenics and so um, there was a rite of passage there, there as well, you know, to actually get your, your, your black belt, you know, what we did is it, it's a, it's like a hat, it's like a three plus hour test. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first hour is all, is all calisthenics, you mm-hmm. know, like, so you, you're completely exhausted by the end, you know, you have to do like a thousand jumping jacks and 200 pushups and, you know, a hundred sit-ups or whatever. So like when you're done with that, you're completely exhausted. And then you have to go through and do all your, all your forms, mm-hmm. you know, like starting from the white belt sort of all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to, you know, use the weapons, you know, and, and for the first down of, of black belt and hop keto, the weapon is, uh, is sword. Yeah. So you have to use your sword and, you know, do the various things. And then you have to do your breaks you know, sort of after, after all that stuff. And so it's a pretty exhausting process. Uh, and there's not really much that prepares you for it. You know what I mean? And so you do have to sort of push through that. And so for him, you know, that, you know, like I said, it's not on the same scale as, as, as completing us Marines boot camp. It's not, but, but, you know, it, it was, it was something that we sought out. I didn't know it intentionally when we started the process, but, but when he, when he crossed over and he became a black belt, I realized it, we had at least identified a rite of passage for him. You yep. know what I mean? And uh, and he'll always, you know, he'll always know he's a black belt, and yep. that comes with certain responsibilities and and you yep. know in terms of how he carries himself. And just for the record, you also received your black belt. Yeah, we we and we, you did we both it together. Did. We, yes, we yeah we both got our black belt the same day. Listen, he he I, was fine yeah. the next day. And I was like, <laughs> like my my hand swole up to twice the size. Oh no! Like man. like literally, I, I I wasn't able to do boxing class. I was to do boxing class. Yeah. I wasn't able to do boxing class for like 
uh, a month and a half. Yeah. Because um, uh, the first punch that I did was was a Superman punch through, through a piece of wood. And I didn't feel it at all mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. And the next day, my middle knuckle was like uh, three times the size. I, it, obviously, I didn't punch it correctly. Yeah. I broke it, but I didn't do it correctly. Well, for the record, to a novice like me, it looked real good on Instagram. Yeah. Man. I yeah. was like, Marcus yeah. looked is good, here, wasn't right. Is out here killing it. <laughs> Well, well, let me just underscore that before we before we start to wrap here, mm-hmm. uh, just for the listeners, honestly, man, you know, particularly the fathers, um, you know, it's like I need to write a, a note to self that make sure that I do something intentional, you know, within the house before you send your kids out yeah. because the world will teach them. But, you know, having opportunities like that, you know, whether it's martial arts and I'm sure there are a myriad of other things that we can do to create our own sense of, you know, the rites of passage to say, hey, son, daughter, I'm turning you over to the world. And, you know, what I always tell young people, it's nothing that uh, the world won't teach you in five years. It's not one lesson you can't learn. So um, I really I'm really glad that you had the type of opportunity to, uh, you know, with both of your sons to experience one thing with one and to witness another with your oldest um as we wrap it up man you know like you said you're about to be an empty nester so what's next for dad yeah so so uh you know i'm i'm in the process of, of figuring that out honestly mm-hmm. and and discovering that you know does the um, marcus whitney universe have anything to do with that discovery yeah it's um it's it's uh you know it's a it's a palette right mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's it's uh it's it's giving me a you know it's giving me a space to explore to have a conversation to you know as, as I, for for anyone who, who doesn't know if you're listening martin marcus whitney's universe is not just like a you know it's not just a title it's it's a it's a, it's my content yeah. uh, platform that i'm building just like aaron is building fatherhood is dope and um, you know, I'm I'm writing a weekly newsletter. I'm creating these podcasts on a on a regular basis. I'm I'm looking to get much more active in public speaking. Um, you know, but I still have these companies that that I'm that I'm uh, you know I'm leading and and having a great time leading and still need to grow and still need to develop. So I'm still doing that. But I'm gonna look. I'm gonna have a lot more time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question about that. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, what am I going to, what am I going to do to fill that time? I haven't really, you know, I, I haven't, you know, it's an interesting thing that, that happens with time. I wrote it in a recent, um, newsletter. Um, but one of the things that, that really happens as you get older and you talked about, you know, how do you get all these things done? You know, when you get older, uh, if you're disciplined, you, you really get good at time. Yeah. I mean, you get really good with time. And so... Uh, you know, the idea that uh, even though I have, you know, I'm going to die one day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, the the point between this breath I'm taking and my eventual last breath continues to get shorter. Yeah. Um, it, it's at, at the same time, it's also expanding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things yeah, are moving yeah, a little yeah, slower. Yeah. I yeah. see things more clearly. I'm able to fit more things in the same window of time that I, that I you know, Almost twice as much in in the winter time that before I could only get you know one time as much done, and so um, the idea that now I'm going to have you know extra space, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, mm-hmm. is is crazy, and I haven't really figured that out yet. You know, I think one of the things uh, you know I'm t- I keep, I'm having a conversation with myself. I think one of the things that I'm that I'm really going to you know resolve to do is spend more time with my parents, yeah. um, because certainly their time on this mm-hmm. earth is is. Mm-hmm. Not getting longer, yeah. right? And and um and I think uh you know I I want to be much more intentional about that. Um I think 
I've spent a you know a reasonable amount of time with them, but I've, I've definitely favored spending time with the kids over over my parents. Yeah. And I think I'm gonna have more time to spend time with them. Um, yeah, you know, more time on my health and and hopefully hopefully some travel. Uh, but honestly, man, I'm figuring it out. I don't have the answer, but I, I, I'll tell you this: I don't think it's going to result in a crisis. Yeah, I, I, no. I, you know, you know, some people will say things like, uh, you know, you know, aren't you going to miss your kids? You know, blah blah blah, whatever. And I don't know, man. I I really feel like I did the best I could do. Yeah. And um, you know, nature has a way of saying it's time. Yeah. You know, and I feel like. It's time, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, it's time for them. It's time for me. Yep. It's time. You know what I mean? And we'll always, we'll always have that relationship. I'll always be dad, but you know, the relationship is different now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're going off to be, to become men mm-hmm. and, um, and they have to do that on their own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can't do that on my, on my lap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, no, I, I don't, I don't feel the least bit of like midlife crisis or anything like that. I mean, it, just from a work perspective, I see so Marcus, many you, things. You hadn't even hit midlife yet. Yeah. 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 But like, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, like I'm not like nothing about it feels, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm 40, 43. I mean, I do yeah. think some people, you know, when they get close to this age, they start to, you know, think you about nervous. that. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not though. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm excited. I'm excited about, about, about the future. You yeah, know? man, and that's everything I gauge about you. I mean, you know, your energy, your aura, your perspective on life. You know, I've been able to pick a lot of those things up, and yeah, I, I would concur with what I've heard. I would definitely be in agreement with that. I heard somewhere <clears throat> that you know one of the greatest honors of a son is to become his father's friend. And um, that's based on everything I've heard about you and your boys, man. I, you know, it's my goodwill and my blessing uh, that I will speak over you, man. It's that, you know, you and your sons get to experience that greatest honor of like truly transitioning into manhood and becoming your father's friend. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I All appreciate right. that. And, 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 and how old is your daughter now? My daughter is two. Man. I know, I know. Yeah, so I gotta. This I, is smart though. This is so smart that you're doing this, man. You know what I'm saying? Talk like, to me. Like, like just, just spending time with with other fathers and yes. getting and getting this guidance, man. You're just gonna make you a much better father. It's the kind of thing I wish I had done. Um, you know, I I, I did I didn't do. Yeah. You know, uh, it's the kind of thing I wish I had done. I, you know, there there were a lot of mistakes that I made. I made a lot of mistakes, and and um, you know, I probably would have, you know been able to fill the gaps that created those mistakes with uh with intentional you know wise moves mm-hmm. you know had i spent more time having these kinds of conversations so uh you know good on you man this is yeah. smart this i is love smart. i love to listen all right so we're about to get out of here but before we do can you tell them where they can find more of you yeah so um i uh i started uh you know really branding myself online back in like 2006 uh, before Early people, adapter. Yeah, before people really understood what this was all about. So yeah. basically, you could find me everywhere yeah. as Marcus Whitney. Like yeah. you could just Google it um, or whatever major social network you're on. Like I own it, uh, and, <laughs> and, and then and then and then MarcusWhitney.com uh, is is my website. And definitely go there and sign up for my email newsletter. So so I've I've been doing a bunch of different content. These po- you know I'm doing podcasts. I love doing that. I'm, I'm guest appearing on other people's stuff. I'm doing guest speaking. Um, but these weekly newsletters that I've been doing ha- is really emerging to be like 
um, I think the most transparent, most authentic mm-hmm. thing I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I can't, I can't explain why. I don't really understand why, but there's something about when Sunday hits and it's time for me to write it and yeah. I just sit down and I'm reflecting on the week yeah. and I can't come with, I can't come up with, with anything fake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the only thing I can come up with is like what's really going on in my life. What's true. And so I would just say if you really want like the most and and I haven't I haven't like taken what I've written there and like put it on blogs or, or mm-hmm. reproduced it anywhere so like mm-hmm. only, at, at the moment the only place where you could get it is like you the subscribe yeah. subscribe to the newsletter and I'll, and then you'll get it. It, yeah. com- it comes in every mo- Monday morning and um, the people who have who have subscribed, man, I get like a ton of text messages and emails. You know what I'm saying? Like all throughout Monday, just you know, feedback from the from the newsletter. So I would just say, if everything I'm doing right now, for sure, do that. And then that that also tells you about the podcast and what else that I'm doing. But man, thank you for having me on the show. Of course. You know, um, I've been watching what you're doing with this, and um, super, I'm super proud of you. Like thank I, you. this this is. You know, my big thesis, I talk to Des about this all the time, and my big thesis is like, if you are not doing this right now, yeah. you are losing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you, if you are not creating content and branding, and like, if you're not doing that right now, you are losing. Yeah. Period. End of story. And so, like, I'm just so proud of what, like, it's so positive, it's so smart, it's going to enrich you, it's going to enrich other people. Yep. I love that you're incorporating hip hop culture in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and keeping it like really, really authentic you know, and accessible. You just reminded me of something. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so I, I love that you're doing that. Everything looks really good. It Thank looks you. clean. So, you know what I'm saying. Good on you, man. It's good. Yeah. Hey, I gotta be honest, man. Like I was supposed to rap a, like a minute ago, but listen, I've like sat with Marcus. This is just improv too. I've sat with you for. You know, some, several years now, and man, the the knowledge that you give away for free is like just stupid, ridiculous. And I listen to the podcast, and um, I, you know, I watched uh, several of your YouTube videos, and even this newsletter, man, it's just it was so compelling. I could tell, uh, you know, one of my acting coaches used to always say, "What comes from the heart goes to the heart," and your newsletter is really compelling and it really resonates. So. Um, I'm just doing a huge endorsement of just to say, like, listen, if you want to pick up some like real gems, some real knowledge, whether it's in business right now, we sit down talking about fatherhood. But um, for those of you all who are really into, you know, growth strategy, development, um, entrepreneurs out there listening. I mean, Marcus is giving away like some really, really expensive Information and so I just want to say kudos to you for that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate Let it. me determine if I want you to drop something for us or if I want to do the official exit. It's your call. How about you drop something for us? All right, uh, we, let's 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 come up with a topic. Ooh, fatherhood. Fatherhood. It's got to be All right. fatherhood. All right. All right. This is not rehearsed. I'm just. No, no, no. This is off the top. Okay. All right. So here we go. Twenty years ago, I was walking around with no hope. But then I realized fatherhood is so dope. Every day I look into my boy's eyes. I realize it's such a surprise for me to recognize what I've been given. Every day I thank God that I'm living for this reason. There's no treason. Every day is another beautiful season. So much wisdom coming through my dome. Every day I thank God that I got this home that I can protect my kids with. And I make money. And ain't nothing funny about it. You understand you doubt it. But you don't really know that I flow for the rest of y'all. So y'all will know that 
every day. We got to just go out there and slay and make the world understand this is our day. This is our way. We got to create and make our own fate relate to what you're saying, bruh. You got to understand every day I'm the man. And if you didn't understand that, then I command this. Listen to Marcus Whitney's universe. I'm the first to kick this verse ever. This is just not the most clever thing I've ever said. I'm kind of dead on it, but you know, anyway, I ain't really read. I ain't pulled out no lead. I just said what came from the heart. This is the start. That's just some old freestyle. Hey. Stuff. <laughs> hey, man, Marcus, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, I felt a uh, little New York KRS-One all up in there just late. It just felt like I was on somebody's stoop. Exactly. I was on the stoop we'll somewhere. Hey, it doesn't get any better than this, y'all. You've been listening to Fatherhood is Dope, the podcast, man. I'm your host, Aaron McGee. I'm so glad that you decided to uh, stick around and... And if you stuck around this long, then you're really in for a treat. So make sure that you like, that you download, that you leave a review, and that you subscribe. Yo, we're celebrating men who have answered the call to fatherhood. You've heard um, an extensive conversation with me and Marcus Whitney. Y'all, let's just keep the movement growing and going. It's been real. Peace. Peace.